Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. If you're like me, you enjoy witnessing to people. You should enjoy witnessing to people. We tell them how to get saved. But the Bible also tells us how we are not saved. And that's what we're going to talk about today, because this is how the world thinks. And it's not the right answer. The answer comes back to simplicity of faith and trust in Jesus Christ. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello, welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. It's great to have you here today. Glad that you're with us and uh, just presenting a lesson today. And I'm going to talk to you today about how God does not save people. And uh, you're part of those people I know that have been saved. You're men and women that have given your life to Jesus Christ. And you know what that is. But you know what? There still is much confusion today about salvation because it's so different than religion. And we are not involved in a religion. We are, we are in a relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's how God saves us. We actually become part of his family. It's not the fact that suddenly we find some common ground with God. No, we actually go through a miraculous time where we accept Jesus as our Savior and we become a child of God in his family and we're made in God's image. So that's the whole point of it. But man has a way of thinking religiously and the religion appeals to the flesh. The flesh says, I can be good enough to be saved. The flesh says, I can do what God wants and maybe I don't know what God wants, but I'm going to offer him what I do have and I'm sure everything's going to be all right. And this was the same thing with Cain and Abel. And uh, Abel offered a better sacrifice. He came with an animal. Apparently he learned that from his parents who when God uh, rescued them after they had sinned, he made animal skins for them and he realized something is there about the shedding of blood. But Cain, on the other hand, did not. And so Cain did not offer as good of a sacrifice. And he came with his own works of his hands, vegetables, things he had grown and offered them to God and God did not accept them. But God gave him a chance to go and turn it around and come back and offer what God wanted. That's the way it is in life. We speak to Cain's all the time. People have tried their own works, tried their way, think they're okay with God, and we come along and tell them they're not, and they either act like Cain, they get all inflamed and upset and come back and want to, uh, you know, show their temper and do things like that. But on the other hand, there are those that go, well, how do I get saved? And so God gives us time after time, and that's why we're here for this time on earth, is we have plenty of opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but we must do it His way. And so I want to welcome those to the broadcast today, those of you watching for the first time, Hello. Those of you who've been watching for a while, hello again. Those of you who've been watching for years, thank you. And for those who've been watching for years too, they've become a, a disciple of God, following Him closer than ever, and reaching out to me in gratitude, becoming a partner with me in this ministry. If you'd like to become a partner with me, I'd love to have you. And that just means the more partners we have, the more things we can do. You say, well, God is one that accomplishes it all. Yes, but He accomplishes it through people. When it comes to prosperity, He gives it back to us through people. We give to people, people give back to us us, but it all originates from God, the Holy Spirit, and God anyway made every bit of the gold and silver and things that we have for monetary value here in this earth. He made it all. So it all comes back to He gets the praise, but we still operate by what He has. For by grace are you saved through faith, but that takes someone bringing the gospel to you so that you can receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's why we fund the gospel. And so by funding this broadcast, helping to fund it, by becoming a partner with me, we are about to reach out into new areas, new things coming up, and so we have the finances to do it. 
And if we don't have the finances to do it, we just come and ask you for it. And again, by your voluntary action, love for God and love for this broadcast that you give to us. Go to bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there on the face page where you can become a partner with me. And I thank you in advance for simply being obedient to God and reaching out in the love that God has given to you. Want to read to you a praise report. And uh, this one comes from Anonymous, whatever Anonymous name it is. I don't know, but it simply says this. This was my first time hearing you. I just stumbled onto your uh, YouTube channel and was tremendously blessed. I have to check out your books. You are actually teaching the word. Well, thank you, Anonymous, for that great uh, praise report. And again, I'm glad you're being blessed. There's a lot of Anonymouses out there. And if you'd like to just send us a note and tell us what it is. In fact, we even have um, an open mic that you can call and just give your voice and tell us what, how you feel about the broadcast, how ble- what a blessing it's been to you. Keep it short. We like short ones so we can present it on the broadcast here just to show people how much response is coming back in by people who love the Word of God. Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Today, again, we are going to talk about how God does not save men. And the reason why is because the way that God does not save men is the way that most people believe you do get saved. And that's by your own efforts, being good, being kind, And my whole thing comes back to this. If God could save you because you're just kind to other people, then why did Jesus have to come and die? Because the Bible says there is none righteous, none righteous. No, not one. It emphasizes it twice. Not there's not anybody again that's righteous. Oh, I repeat it again. There's no one that is righteous. That's why Jesus had to come because by the keeping of the law, which is rules and regulations and things that churches preach or that you understand or even think yourself, God is is up here. I'm down here. I think I can work myself up to his level. Well, first of all, you can't, but even if you could, you couldn't get saved that way. It comes by somebody standing between you and God. His name is Jesus. And by accepting Jesus as your Savior, Jesus unites us with God. And he's the one that pulls us and makes us into one. So by accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Bible calls him our mediator. There is one mediator, not dozens, not hundreds, not Buddha, not anybody else. There's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. And he's the one that saved us. And if we believe in him, then he unites us to God. And so that's the plan of salvation. That's the simplicity of what we tell the world. Your works are not going to save you. Your works don't get you to heaven. And that's why Jesus had to come. And he wants to give you eternal life as a free gift. And this is what makes the gospel so simple that the Bible says a fool couldn't err in it. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this, for by grace are you saved by faith. And that faith, you could put that in parentheses there, write it in there. For by grace you save through faith, and that faith is not of yourself. It, the faith, is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Not only is Jesus Christ a gift, but the means to receive him is a gift. And that gift is faith. God gives us faith. And so salvation is entirely of God. Every aspect of it is from God. And none of it is by us. We do not accomplish it. We get in on it, but we get on it by our decision. God has simply says, whosoever will may come. It really brings down witnessing to something simple because what God has left us here on this earth for is to win souls to 
Jesus Christ. By winning souls to Jesus Christ, we fulfill why he left us in this earth. He didn't leave us here just for a blessing for ourselves, although there's blessings attached for ourselves. The number one reason why he left us here is to win souls. And so even when it comes to politics, the things around us, the nation and all this, we want to get so heavily involved praying for our government. And that's wonderful, but that's not, should be not number one on our list. Number one on our list is the fact that Jesus left us here to lead others to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, there's scriptures on praying for our government. There's scriptures on the importance of following and uh, leading our nation in the right direction. In fact, the Bible talks about if our nation is headed in the right direction, we all have peace. Peace, a peaceful way of life. Pray for kings and all that have authority over us that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. God wants us to live a quiet life, a peaceable life. For what reason? To take the gospel to people. It's easier to witness in a nation that isn't volatile toward God, isn't volatile toward Christians, but is accepting of God, accepting of Christians, and lets us do what the Bible tells us to do, and that's go win souls. So immediately, when we get born again, the Great Commission is handed to us. When we receive Jesus, God said, wasn't that simple? I want you to take this to the rest of the world. And that's what the responsibility that's been laid on the church is to spread the gospel. So how did we get saved? By grace. How did that grace come to us? By our faith. How did that faith come to us? It was a gift of God. And the gift of God came to us by the hearing of the gospel that came to us. Even the faith to get saved or to meet any need we have is given by God. Romans 10, 17, if you want to turn there, please do so. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now in Romans 10, 17, the whole aspect there and the whole presentation is on faith for salvation. And so it's simply saying faith for salvation comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, I don't come as a sinner with faith already in me. I come and hear the gospel and the moment that I hear it and understand it, faith comes to me. I then act on that faith and I receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Now it simply comes back to this too. That faith that I receive Jesus with is used from now on. I have that faith inside of me. I can develop it. I can begin to use it. I can start using it for other things, such as healing. That's a gift of God, and it comes by the same thing that faith for salvation came. It comes by simple faith in the work of Jesus on the cross. Acts chapter 3 and verse 16 really clarifies this. This is the miracle of the man at the gate, beautiful. Peter and John have come by and they have seen him there. And he's probably been there for days and days and days. I mean, the Bible says that this was from his mother's womb, that he was like this. So probably he's been laid there at that gate for years. And they've walked by him before, but suddenly they walked by him and they detected something. And it says in chapter three and verse 16 of Acts that they laid hands on him, grabbed him, lifted him up and strength came to his ankle bones. He began to walk and leap and praise God. And 3.16 says this of Acts, and his name, they're speaking about the name of Jesus, how he got saved, his name through faith in his name has made this man strong. And they were telling this to the group of people standing out there. It says, whom you now see and hear. Understand this again. It's his name that brought healing to him through faith in his name. And that's what made this man strong, whom you see and you've known for years. It goes on to say, yes, the faith which is from him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. The faith that healed him came from God. Even the faith 
faith that we have to get saved, the faith we have to get our needs met after we're saved, all come from Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the author of our faith. And that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God salvation is a free gift. You can't work for it. A gift is received and it's called the gift of eternal life in the New Testament. So the gift of eternal life is simply God reaching out and grace is God reaching out to you with a full hand. That full hand has everything in it that pertains to life and godliness. And then we reach out with our empty hand and that's called faith. Faith receives from God. I can't manufacture salvation. It's in God's hands. I can't manufacture healing. It's in God's hands. I can't manufacture the meeting of the needs of my life, but it's in God's hands. I simply reach out with my faith and I receive from God. That's what happens with a gift. It's received. God has stooped to our level to save us because he loves us, not because we're lovable. And so many people think, well, God must have found something good in me. He could find nothing good in you. The only good he found in you was the day you said, I want to receive Jesus as my savior. And that can be happen to anybody who hears the gospel. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So we are saved by faith. And then past that point, we live by faith, resting in God's eternal, spiritual, and natural provisions. We're offering my book on Theology Simplified. The announcer is going to come on because my gift is to take things that seemingly are complicated in the Bible and make it to where it's simple, where you can understand it. I'm kind of simple-minded when it comes to living by my life, and I want the Word of God to be that simple to me. This book will make it that simple to you. Here's the announcer. We'll be back right after the break. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. This understanding will allow you to walk in more maturity and stability in your Christian life. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Hi, Pastor Bob here. It's time for my annual minister's conference. It's going to be March the 7th through the 9th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'll be speaking. Joseph Z will be joining me as well as Orlando Juarez teaching on praise and worship. I look forward to it. Every year has been a life-changing event for me and for the ministers who attend. And I believe in the year 2024, we're going to see a special move of God like never before. So I look forward to seeing as many of you as possible that are involved in any section of ministry at all. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. 
If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. We are saved by faith and we live by faith. The scriptures that tell us we're saved by faith are found throughout the Word of God, but living by faith tells us that the just, those who have been saved by faith, shall live by faith. And so that's God's example to us. Faith for salvation, we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, but then the life of faith begins to grow and we find out there's other things out there that God has for us and it comes by simple faith in the grace of God. Now there are some rewards in the Christian life. God does reward us for the deeds we do in this earth, but notice he only rewards a Christian for his works. He doesn't record a sinner for their works. He doesn't reward them, but it comes through Jesus Christ. We accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. And with that faith that God gets, the moment we hear the gospel, faith comes. It just suddenly is there. And we act on that faith to where not only is salvation come from God, but the means to receive it. Faith comes from God. We don't receive it on our own. This is why I'm talking to you about how that God does not save people. He does not save people the way that people naturally think of salvation. You want to get right with God? Yes. Well, I better be good because I know God is good. So I've got to try to be as good as God. Well, you never will be as good as God. Even after you're born again, you'll never be as good as God. We just keep getting better every day of our Christian life as we grow in the things of God. God sees us as his equal because we're part of his family. But as far as our goodness, we will never match up to God. And so this is again why in the Christian life, we keep growing day by day. We get more and more into the very image of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're saved by faith. And then we live by faith. The just shall live by faith, resting in God's eternal, spiritual, and natural provision. God gives to every man sufficient faith for any need that he has so that men will stand accountable before God as to what they did with that faith. So after using your faith toward God's son, Jesus Christ, did you use it to mature and become his disciple? Did you use it after that toward others to lead them to Jesus and to bring spiritual growth to them? Or did you use it for yourself? Did you just heap it on yourself and not use it toward the things of God? God wants us to. He does not want us to use our faith only on things for ourselves. Now, God will give us things. And again, faith can be used for finances. Faith can be used for our healing. But that's not the highest desire God has. Oftentimes, you meet people and all they want to talk about is God's blessings. They want talk about God's working in their life. And that's wonderful. But what God said, the main purpose of why he left you here was to win souls. That's why whenever he left, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. All the world means your world. Put us all together and we're all going to reach the entire world. This is what God's desire is. My world is my life, my family, my those around me, the people I work with. That's the same way with you. And we are to lead people to the Lord. I love to witness on airplanes. Now, the main reason is they can't go anywhere. They're stuck there for a while. And I can just strike up a conversation. I've won people to the Lord. One day I got on the plane and the Holy Spirit spoke to me as a young man sat next to me and the Lord said, he's ready to receive me. I mean, it was just that clear. I looked at him and I started talking, you know, kind of got a conversation going and the plane hadn't even taken off yet. We were just sitting there talking, asking where he was from, what he did. He was a student. And he said, now, what do you do? See, if I tell them what I do, they'll usually ask me what I do. And so he said, what do you do? I said, I'm a minister. He said, you are? 
I mean, he just suddenly, that, that's the way it was. You are? And I said, yes. He said, uh, wh what do you do? And I said, I, I pastor. I was a pastor at the time. What kind of church do you have? And I told him, he just, I mean, his eyes just lit up. And I said, you're ready to receive Jesus, aren't you? And he goes, yes. I said, what's the story? He said, well, I have a couple of friends that know Jesus. And they've been talking to me. And I just kept telling him, no, no. And, and yesterday I realized I need Jesus, but I don't remember how they said that it happens, this salvation thing. He said, so I woke up this morning and said, God, would you send somebody that will be able to tell me how I'm supposed to receive you? And we sat right next to each other on the plane. God arranged the whole thing. I mean, before the plane was off the ground, he accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. So the, again, I love to just witness in other places and depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why God gave you the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my witnesses. Witnessing is supernatural. It's not just you figuring out four spiritual laws or putting together a bunch of rules on how to lead somebody to Jesus. No two people are the same. Jesus never won two people the same. He depended on the gifts of the Spirit. He worked in, word, uh, in a word of knowledge. And, you know, one of the disciples that came to him and, re and that he became a disciple, became a follower of Jesus, Jesus said, Nathaniel, I saw you sitting under a tree. Nathaniel said, you must be the son of God and accepted him. The woman that was, uh, you know, in adultery and Jesus was talking to her, witnessing her to the woman at the well. He said, he talked about her husband. She said, well, I don't have a husband. He said, you're right. You don't have a husband. The one you're living with now is not your husband. You've had five husbands before this. And she said, you must be a prophet. And she accepted him as savior and ran a bunch of people from town out there. And they accepted him as Lord and savior. So uh, the Bible tells us Isaiah chapter 64 in verse six, if we try to come to God with our righteousness, we're coming with the wrong thing. Let me tell you what God considers your righteousness to be, your niceness, your kindness, you've fed others, you've taken care of people, you go to church quite often, uh, you're moral, you haven't run around on your wife, all these things that we present to God. Isaiah 64 and verse six says this, our righteousnesses, notice it's plural. You might have a list of them, but our righteousnesses in front of God are as filthy rags. God says your works stink. I don't want them. Man's righteousness, when compared to God's righteousness, like white linen, looks yellow when compared to freshly fallen snow. It was interesting. I read an article one time on how, before we have had these, you know, these little pull-out things, you know, with, with paint colors on it and showing you the different colors, and they said, you know, you can get as white as possible with that thing. They said there was a time when we didn't have anything like that, and uh, buying paint for a wall was, you know, just something that 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 happened in a, you know, a few hundred years ago. But again, they didn't know how to. Take tell exactly what white was, how clean white was and how white it was. But they would lay white, something white, and they would often take a woman's clothing or, you know, uh, uh, you know, something she had knitted or something like that and lay it next to snow. And they said it was almost impossible for a human being to find something that was pure white because when you laid what looked white next to snow, it looked yellow. And so the law placed next to God is white upon white. The law is perfect, but man's works trying to keep that that law, although they may look white to you, appear yellow by comparison to the law which God was given. 
and God gave to us. But God didn't give us the law to save us. God gave us the law to teach us on how to get saved. It's much like having a math book, read the book, say, oh, I can now do math. No, you've got to take what's in there and begin to put it into effect in your life. Then you can understand and then you can become a mathematician. But a book doesn't make you that way. Rules don't make you that way. And the law was simply a set of rules. Man said, we want it, God. We know we can keep it. And God said, no, you can't. They said, yes, we can. So God said, here, let's try 10. They couldn't keep those 10. And then he gave hundreds more after that. But to offset it, he gave the sacrifices. Was it simply say, you cannot consistently keep my law. You'll break it every single time when you keep trying and trying. Oh, you may do it for a few days, but then you're going to break them. You cannot keep them. You are not righteous. Only a righteous man can keep these laws. Well, then how do I get righteous? So God put the sacrifices in there. The sacrifices were the answers to the laws we couldn't keep. And the sacrifices showed we need a substitute that will die and shed his blood for us. And that's what the lambs and that's what the pigeons and that's what the rams did. All the different ones that they offered before the Lord these were a showing a substitute had to come. His name was Jesus. So the law did two things. Number one, it says you're a sinner. Number two, it says you need a savior. The exact things of what we give when we witness to others. We get it from the word of God, but carrying a Bible won't make you a Christian. Having a ton of Bibles in your house will not make you a Christian. Having the fact that your name is on the church rolls will not make you a Christian because works do not impress God. After salvation, works impress him because then we have the Holy Spirit living in him, in us, because then we have the Holy Spirit living in us. And next of all, we're showing the world and showing God that I truly do love you. And my works now match up to my faith. Faith produces works. Works don't produce faith. James tells us if we offend in one point of the law, we break it all. Ask yourself a question. If there's a, if there's a chain holding a boat to shore and has 10 links in it, how many links have to break for that boat to go drifting off? Just one. And that's exactly what happens. Your life goes drifting because you can't keep the commandments of God. But we, God has given us a chain that cannot be broken. If we walk with God, if we walked in with the best of our ability, or if we commit a sin, we ask him to forgive us. Our chain holds us there. The law without faith in God and his word is simply rules. Rules even kept cannot save you. The law is a mirror. You can't wash the dirt off your face by looking in a mirror. The longer you look in the mirror, the more discouraged you can become. But the mirror can let you know you have dirt on your face and send you to to the water and soap to clean you. The law can only give information. It's like a mirror. It can't remove the dirt off of you. It just simply informs you you're filled with dirt. And the remedy is going to the Lord Jesus Christ, asking him to save us and his blood washes and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. This is salvation God's way. It's simple. It's pure. It demands nothing from us except us using the faith he gives to us and accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. If salvation is by works, some may not qualify at all. There's people in this world that don't have the mental capacity or the physical capacity to do any works at all. That's why it has to be by grace, so that anyone can receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Jesus' life cannot save us. Because he kept the law, he too is like snow when we compare our lives to him. We look yellow compared to the Lord. We are not as, as white 
white as he is, as clean as he is. We can only be saved by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Only on the cross did Jesus take our sins and offer to us his righteousness. Then we can have the power to live the life that Jesus did and live the life that God demands and wants from us. We're not saved by good works, but we're saved unto good works. God asks us that once we're born again, now we begin to live for him and offer good works to him, which he will accept. We lay hands on sick people to see them recover. We rejoice in their healing, not the fact that it came through us. We rejoice in the fact that God has healed them. We lead other people to Jesus Christ, and we don't brag on the fact that we were the ones that witnessed to them. No, we brag on the fact that we just gave them information, and God saved them, and they accepted Jesus. And that the thankfulness we have to God is we presented it simply. Lord, I present as simple as possible and they accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. So the Bible simply tells us all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This is all mankind. All people on the earth have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Why? They sinned when they were born into this earth because we were born in Adam and in Adam all die. But one day I shifted and changed over, accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. In Adam all die, but in Christ shall all be made alive. In other words, keep the witnessing simple. That's the way God wants it. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.